0: Welcome to HSBC's Eventing News. I'm Sam Lloyd and each month we'll bring you all the stories and personalities from the world of 3-Day Eventing. Coming up in the programme, an Australian makes his mark on UK soil.
1: The win is, is means everything and um, obviously it's the biggest and best event in the world and it's the one everybody wants to win for the prestige and, and everything else. So, uh, you know, absolute dream come true and uh, now i just got to try and do it again. A
2: Brit dominates in Germany. He's usually a brilliant jumper, so I was slightly surprised, and I had the third fence down. But um, I just sort of go for it and see how I get on, and try and make up as much time as I can, and you know, keep going. And yeah, he jumped brilliantly the last bit, so um, he was fabulous. And we talk to one rising star who's had his own personal
0: battle away from the sport.
3: While I was lying there in hospital and I was really ill, just a lot of things going through your mind, and I realised how fortunate and lucky I was to be doing what I did, and I wanted to make sure that I fought to come back and do and carry on doing this.
0: So it's another action packed programme as we catch up with the stars of the sport, and let's start with Sharon Hunt. There's no doubt that the rider who's represented her country at the top level at the Olympics has achieved some great results over the years. But she produced the performance of her career to win Lumelin with her beloved Tanker's Town and joined an elite list of HSBC FEI Classics winners. Now that she's had time to reflect on her first ever four star title, we caught up with her at Barbary.
4: Sharon congratulations on your fantastic win at Le Moulin what an amazing result could you just relive for us that moment in the show jumping
2: uh yeah I mean it was either, I had plans obviously to jump clear and he's usually a brilliant jumper so I was slightly surprised and I had the third fence down but um i just just sort of go for it and see how I get on and try and make up as much time as I can and you know keep going and yeah, he jumped brilliantly the last bit, so um, he was fabulous, and it uh, came out. I was very happy just to have a fence down in no time. for it. <laughs> That could be quite a tense moment though, with
4: one down early on.
2: Yeah, I mean, just for a second, I sort of thought, oh, you know, he sort of uh, took my thought away. But yeah, and then just thought I'd just get on with it and carry on, and he jumped really, really well.
4: Looking back at Babington last
2: year, would you say that you've been really underachieving for your potential, and is that frustrating? Um, last year obviously wasn't a great year. I think um, I learnt a huge amount about how to produce horses, and how you know, um, probably overtrained him a bit. Last year, and, and actually came back to form and then had a my, very minor injury, which set him off for the rest of the year. So this year I'd always been planning to, you know, I've been working hard over the winter, change, change dressage chain, etc, etc. And everything seems to be coming together very well. And he's, um, he's really been on form this year. So I guess, yeah, in some ways, that definitely, well, it definitely last year was underachieving, yeah.
4: For you as a competitor, how significant is HSBC's involvement in the sport?
2: I think it's fantastic. You know, the fact that there's so much money involved and, um, it's you know, we don't earn a huge amount of money. There's not a lot of prize money in it so the fact that they've got you know that kind of money on offer is absolutely fantastic and we can't thank them enough and back to you, tell us about your horse. How special is he? Oh, he's just been the most special horse in the world. I mean, he's 16 and keeps improving now. Um, and yeah, I mean, whatever he does now for me is a bonus, he's just been absolutely fantastic. And he, I think he's one of the best horse, event horses that has been for, you know, for a while. So he's a lovely horse. What got you into three-day eventing in the first place? Um, My parents used to take me to Burley and used to um, go and watch and things and used to really enjoy that. And then I had a horse which was quite good. Um, I bought a horse actually from Andrew Nicholson that was useful and, took me up the grades and I really started to get much better and really enjoy it so um, yeah that really but my, I think my parents really and just watching on telly and things I always wanted to have a go and yeah and we surprised then when I could, could be able to do it Well you're competing among the best in the world now who do you still look up to in the sport? Uh, people like William Fox um, Pippa and Andrew Nicholson people who have had many 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 horses keep going up the levels it is so hard to produce good, little good horse after good horse and when they've got a string of horses like that I think that is absolutely brilliant
0: So that win in Leumann has definitely put Sharon in the mix for the HSBC FEI Classics, but also watch out for Paul Tapner. His horse may be called I Know Nothing, but the winning combination certainly knows everything about taking the spoils at badminton. The Australian is having a superb year and a busy one at that, but he still took time out to speak to Rachel Ferguson, who went to meet him at his stables in Wiltshire.
2: Three Day Eventing is very much about a special partnership, which you obviously have with. I know nothing. Can you tell me a little bit more about that special horse?
1: Yeah, he is a very special horse, and, and, and especially in terms of the partnership that he and I have uh, developed over the years. You know, he's been on this farm since a five-month-old foal, so um, he's he's very much at home here, and he's extremely every. You know, idiosyncrasy of the horse, we know, uh, you know, inside out. So. That is a vitally important part um, to the partnership. And, you know, the horse is not actually a naturally brave horse. He's not naturally brave across country. He's, He's not necessarily naturally super talented uh, as far as um, you know all three phases go but he's just developed over the years this implicit trust in myself and and uh, and also m- me and him we just we trust and know each other absolutely a hundred percent and um, it just makes life very easy in, in that situation you know I know exactly what I've got to do to get the performance out of him and, and he knows exactly what to expect from me you know we try not to surprise each other too often and um, certainly with that horse in particular it's it's all about that that long-term uh, build-up of trust which is a i always think is a pretty amazing thing between a different species you know it's all very well having that between between humans it's fairly um remarkable and uncommon but to get it between uh, a horse and a human uh, is pretty special
2: and tell me a bit about how you got into into riding am i right in saying that you were seven when you started riding
1: yeah, that's correct. I grew up in Sydney City, uh, totally uh, non-rural um, uh, in the in, on Sydney Harbour and um, uh, the nearest riding school, I wouldn't call it local, but the nearest riding school uh, wouldn't take me until I was seven years of age. So uh, uh, until that time, you know, did the odd pony ride here, there and everywhere at school fates and things like that. But other than that, it was... Um, uh, not till seven years when the nearest riding school would take me that I started having a lesson once a week. Probably at a very, you know, sort of similar thing to what we do here now at Wickstead Farm. And, um, God, um, uh Every Saturday I went for my riding lesson for religiously for two years and then uh, snowballed into um, renting horses. My parents rented me a horse to go to pony club on, which then snowballed into leasing horses for me to go to pony club on, which then, uh, you know, my, I think my first horse was bought for me again to go to pony club on, uh, I'm not quite en- entirely sure what age, but about 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there, so yeah.
2: And when you were growing up, was the sport high profile in Australia?
1: It was high profile Um, you know we had a lot of successful eventers and um, at the time that I was sort of making the transition from pony club to eventing I was getting trained by uh, Dennis Piggott amongst others who you know had had been on uh, Olympic uh, eventing teams very successful medal winning teams and so uh, yeah we did get a lot of inspiration from riders like that who were you know still involved in the instructional side at that time and then of course when uh, Matt Ryan and co uh you know andrew hoy and jill rolden went and got their uh, gold medal at uh, barcelona olympics in 92 uh of course that then you know motivated the whole uh eventing scene in australia a whole heap more and it, it just sort of snowballed from there and and we've the eventing circuit certainly uh, got a boost from that performance from that from those guys in at barcelona
0: So Paul Tepner and Sharon Hunt are lying 3rd and 4th place respectively after three of the five events in the HSBC FEI Classics with Germany's Andreas Dabowski leading and William Fox Pitt currently second. Francis Whittington is quickly gaining a reputation as one of the rising stars in the sport and has already shown real promise. But at the start of this year, it was an altogether different obstacle that the young man had to face, as Kate Justice found out.
3: Nothing quite relates to galloping around a cross-country course and getting the adrenaline rush and the enjoyment from achieving that and, and trying against the odds, and specifically at the beginning of this year, I was unfortunate to go down with meningitis, and that knocked me sideways. While I was lying there in hospital and I was really ill, just a lot of things going through your mind, and I realised how fortunate and lucky I was to be doing what I did, and I wanted to make sure that I fought to come back and, do, and carry on doing this.
4: How do you come back from something like that? You were ill before badminton and then you went on to <clears throat> compete there.
3: That's it, I, I went into the hospital and they told me I wouldn't, probably wouldn't be leaving the hospital for the best part of 3-4 weeks if not longer and I made a good enough recovery after the hospital to get out or when I was in hospital get out quite quickly and I said I've got to go home I've got one of the biggest events in in my calendar to to go to and they said there's no chance you'll be riding but I think fortunately being stubborn enough and focusing on that goal helped me to get better and having an amazing team of people behind me to make sure that we kept the horse fit and kept the horse in training I was able to go there and compete.
4: It's been a mixed season for you starting off looking promising with a couple of runouts. is that frustrating?
3: Uh, it was hugely frustrating especially at badminton we pulled out a really good dressage test and i was having the ride of my life around the cross country so percival was going well and when we went on to the cross country we got to the the, the steps up towards the end of the course and unfortunately we just had a blip there would that have happened if i'd been healthy probably probably not i don't know all i know is that at that moment in time i felt that we were really unlucky because the round had been foot perfect until then and obviously just wasn't meant to be the day
4: with things like that and the illness, it's been a bit of a difficult year, really.
3: Oh, with that, exactly, and the illness, and we've had plenty of other things that have struck the yard at home and the girls that work there as well. So for us to um, get through the first six months without any more scares, I'm, I'm quite happy. We're in the second sixth month now, so we'll focus on that and hopefully make it all better.
4: And looking towards the rest of the year and the rest of this season, what are your
3: plans? At the moment, I'd just be happy to finish a three-star, finish a four-star, finish the rest of this year without any other dramas and look forward to next year.
0: And we wish Francis all the best for the coming months as he's definitely a name to watch out for. That's it for this month, but coming up next time, Sam Watson gives us the lowdown on how to excel at all three phases. I think a lot of dress is
3: is showmanship. Um, You've got to create a picture for the judge, and a judge... It's very hard for a judge just to judge each movement independently. That's what they're supposed to do. But what happens in reality is you create a picture for them. And if you can put a very consistent test together with no mistakes, you get the judge's confidence. And towards the end of the test, they really start to give you the good marks.
0: So plenty to look forward to. And we'll also be looking ahead to the next of the HSBC FEI classics, the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials. But until the next time, it's goodbye.